Welcome to the Houston Strength Podcast. Let's uncover your strength. What's on, guys? This is Jordan, and welcome to the Houston Strength Podcast. Sorry for the delay. We were planning to do a show with a guest from a large chain of interval training gyms, but they ended up dropping out last minute. So I had some free time today and uh, I wrote some stuff up I wanted to talk about. I think it's something that a lot of uh, trainers and then especially parents of athletes and athletes and general population people themselves misunderstand is how to approach general physical preparation versus specialized physical preparation. And then I'm also going to talk briefly about the theory of dynamic correspondence. So if you haven't heard of the concept of GPP versus SPP, SIF and Fergrachansky state that the GPP or general physical preparation is intended to provide balanced physical conditioning in endurance, strength, speed, flexibility, and other basic factors of fitness. Whereas the SPP specialized physical preparation concentrates on exercises which are more specific to the particular sport or competition. So GPP is more capacity focused, whereas SPP is more skill focused. I think a big consideration should be that injury prevention is always the number one thing to think about when programming for a client, an athlete, or yourself. And something to think about is that overuse is the most common reason for discomfort and injuries in athletes and clients, which further enforces that most athletes should be following a more general physical preparation-based program. In younger athletes, this is a very common thing that a lot of parents and young athletes will see some flashy sports-specific drills that some of their favorite professionals do. When in reality, the young athlete needs to build a foundation of their GPP and focus on the sport-specific stuff when they're practicing their sport, and most of them are doing plenty of that and competing in their sport. If an athlete can improve their general physical preparedness, it will improve their sport-specific or specialized physical preparedness, whereas the opposite cannot be said. It doesn't work both ways. So... There needs to be some general strength training if you want to reach an elite level of performance. All general training should include the fundamental movement patterns. And so the ones I use in my programming are the squat, the lunge, the hinge, pushing in both a vertical and horizontal plane, pulling in both a vertical and horizontal plane, and then core rotation, extension, and flexion. So we want to make sure that our program is visiting a variation, and we've talked about a progression-regression model of each one of those movement patterns. So from there, I'm going to bridge into the theory of dynamic correspondence. And so this is a thing that talks about how the exercises in the gym can relate more specifically to the movements and joint angles of the sport. So 
there's five parts that I'm going to talk about today. So the amplitude and direction of movement. And so this is what joint angles, positions, and directions are visited in the competition and how can we mimic them in our training. So an example would be doing a hang clean has very similar joint angles and the direction of movement is vertical, just like that of a vertical jump. So the correspondence there would be pretty in line. And so we'll keep using that example. And then we want to talk about the region of accentuated force production. So what is the joint range of motion when force production is the highest? So when we load for a hang clean, we're in a very similar position as to when we load up and swing our arms back, sit back into it before we do a vertical jump. So that's that region of accentuated force production. Next, we're going to talk about the dynamics of the effort. So the effort in training should be equal or it can even exceed the effort displayed in competition. So this is our overload principle visiting effort levels that are going to be similar or even super maximal a little bit harder than what you'll see in competition in the gym. Next, we're going to talk about the rate and time of force production. So the time available to produce force in competition and in our training exercises in the gym. So we want to pay attention to how long an effort in their sport might take. And if we're visiting a similar movement pattern in their sport, we'll do it at a rep range or set range or even do a time set similar to what the exertion would look like in sport. Next is the regime of muscular work. So how is the muscle working the way it would in the competition? What type of contraction is it? Is there a stretch shortening cycle? Is it anaerobic or aerobic? So those are the main points of the theory of dynamic correspondence. And it is something that I think is important to consider closer to competition. So in my personal programs, we take a very general approach until we reach that six to 10 weeks out from competition. And as we get closer, it corresponds more and more with the sport, the training efforts, the time in uh, the set duration is going to be a lot more similar to sport the closer we get to competition. So how can you specify your movement patterns is going to be the next thing I'm going to talk about. So a general training program can be made more specific to the sport by dissecting the pattern seen in competition of the athletes sport and adding variability to the pattern specific to that sport in a variety of ways, including the stance, so we can go from a general, traditional, conventional stance to a split stance. We can visit a kneeling position, a half kneeling, tall kneeling. There's a lot of different ways to vary the stance or even just stand on one leg to make the movement more specific to the sport. Next, we want to visit the plane of motion. So is it in the frontal, sagittal, or transverse plane? We can go unilateral or bilateral, so meaning we can work one side at a time, use a single dumbbell or a landmine, or we can use a barbell in a bilateral movement where we've got two points of contact, whether it's the feet or the hands. Next, we can do an offset position of the load. So we can just do like, instead of a farmer's carry, we do a suitcase carry. We just carry one dumbbell instead of two. And that forces our core to stabilize more. 
And then we can also vary the implement we're using. So we can use a barbell, we can use a dumbbell, we can use a medicine ball, we can use our body weight. There's a lot of different implements to visit these same movement patterns and there's a lot of ways to vary these movement patterns and make it more specific to sport. But again, I think it needs to be a more general approach for the majority of the program because these athletes, and especially when they reach a high level or if they're competing on multiple teams, the overuse of doing those same movement patterns over and over again, and especially if they're doing it at a high volume outside of the gym, we don't want to come into the gym and then overload those same movement patterns. It's a recipe for injury. Thank you guys for listening. If you like what you hear and you'd like to try some of our programming, please visit our website for a free week of online programming via the Train Heroic app, and we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to catch the next episode of the Houston Strength Podcast and uncover your strength.